Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. My guest today returning to the podcast after like eight years or something like that. Eight years. Something along those lines. Uh, The first time you were on, it got picked up, excerpted by lots of people. Uh, Tim Ferriss ended up putting, uh, recommending it in one of his books as an episode of uh, the show. So my guest today is uh, my close friend, just one of my favorite people, John Hamburg, who's a brilliant writer, director, producer. He wrote and directed uh, I Love You, Man, and Along Came Polly, and is largely responsible for the Meet the Parents, Meet the Fockers franchise. Safe Men, his first movie, is must, uh, must watch cinema if you're my pal, and uh, if, you're, if you're at all interested in sort of how uh, the tone and feel of indie movies from a certain time and you want to see Mark Ruffalo and Giamatti and a bunch of other people before they became superstars. And his newest movie is Me Time, starring Kevin Hart, Mark Wahlberg. I've read drafts of this script uh, and it's hilarious and um, super excited to have the great writer, director, producer, mediocre golfer, John Hamburg on the podcast. Welcome, John. (laughs) Thank you, pal. Great, great to be with you again. Uh, Yes, mediocre golfer is probably what the headline in variety will be in my obituary. But uh, it's awesome to be back. At least that's if you continue to improve. If you continue to improve at golf, to fully get to mediocre. Get it to me. Yeah, I'm not there yet. No, I'm not not even close. It's a continued work. in in progress man i am so happy i mean it is such a great thing for me when um when someone where it's not just like a business friend like like um you know you're somebody who's just always been there for me to kick ideas around with about the way the business works about the life of doing this and i i always find you're you're so wise um about how all this feels to go through. And so I, I value it and I'm happy to do it with microphones here, brother. Yeah. Thanks, man. The feeling is mutual. We're, we're actual friends who met through the business, but became true yeah, that's friends. A, that, uh, yeah. It's a great thing. Right? Cause maybe cause we never worked together. So that allowed it to just be pure. Probably. So <laughs> here's where I want to start. Um, and look, the first podcast is amazing about your process and we'll get into that and about how you think about doing what you do. But I want to start a little bit with life stuff. Cause we're both a little bit older and, um, I want to start with this, like when we were younger, the work at times, maybe more than at times, was like the thing that defined us and focused us and made us get up in the morning. And I just wonder, how do you order your priorities now? And like, where does the work, how do you prioritize the work? Where does the work fit now that life is different with family and also just where you are and, you know, someone who's crested 50? Yeah, um, that's such a good question because, well, I guess it's a good question to me because I think about it a lot, um, you know, compared to when I was younger, where when it's just uh, yeah. work and that's it. And, you know, maybe you have time for other to see friends or have a relationship and those things are important, but work is everything because you're trying to scale a mountain, right? Like, and do something that is really hard to do. Like, succeeding in any business yeah and 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 yes so where do you put it like how like basically what i was thinking about when i wrote this down to ask you was like those first 10 years that you're doing this like you gotta it's it's not even like you make the choice to think about it all the time or to devote yourself it's like you're just 
in yeah. that mode, right? And yep. so you get better at your craft for sure. You get the economy of how to do stuff makes more sense to you. There's all this stuff. But like, where does, how do you fit the work in now? Where does it live for you? When does it become yeah. urgent enough that you have to do something? And how do you balance it with the rest of life? Yeah, I, I, I you know, because I, I, I'm married. I've been married to Christina for a long time. And we have a 10 and a half year old daughter, um, Stella, who I'm very, very close with and devoted to. And we only have one kid. So she, you know, she gets all the attention. Um, and that I do think about that in terms of like, okay, what's going to, is something going to take me away from them? Or these are the years where Stella wants to hang out. Um, you know, so tr you make choices um, about what to do. It's, it's an internal thing. I think like I don't make a movie every year. You know, I, I look at careers of people who made movies every year, every two years. It's unbelievable. Um, I haven't done that as more of a writer director. I can take time to write. So you do have the luxury when you're a, more a writer director to, as you know, to write. And that is a normal ish life. Um, I'm not talking about writing a TV series, but writing features, can, you can have a normal life as a writer. And so I feel like, okay, I'll have this period of intense craziness where I won't have as much time for Stella or Christina or friends or family. Um, but you know, there's a, it's finite and there's an end in sight. Um, but when, when you finish, I do think about like, questions I never thought of before. Do I want to keep doing this? What's my place in this, in this business? Yeah. Do you know, I mean, it, 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 once you sort of take a breath and go, okay, I, I've done a bunch of movies and a bunch of TV and, and, you know, had a great run just for, I'm not talking about industry wise, but like, I've had a great time doing it. And do I want to keep doing it? And, and I do think about that all the time. Well, it demands so much. Like I was just thinking about like, okay, I was out in LA doing Super Pumped. You were out there. We love each other. And we, I was in prep and you were, and we were able to see each other. We saw each other, had this great dinner, came by your, how you came outside yeah. and hung out with Derek and me. And then though, like we're both just like, oh dude, I'll see you in a few months. Like I can't, both of us were just like, yeah. well now we're just so immersed in this thing that there's, yeah, it takes your whole being over in in a way, and it's great for me. It's a great thing, but it's also now, yeah. it's now sort of like, what is it? Freighted with some consequence that it wasn't when we were younger, right? Yeah, it it is, and and like my kid has grown up kind of with me around yes. a, a lot. Um, even though I've made movies and done TV and stuff, a lot of it's been in LA where we live and at, I'm around a lot and she doesn't quite understand like not just movie making or TV making, like many jobs take people either away or they work, you know, 18 hour days and only see you a little bit on weekends. Um, it, it's, uh, I try to explain to her, um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm, I'm trying to explain that yeah. like it's. No, I try to explain that like, you know, there's intense periods and I also try to model for her, like when you're passionate about something that can take, take it over. And I hope that for her or for any kid coming, you know, growing up that like they find something they're so passionate about that it doesn't feel like work. I know that's a cliche, but it's never felt like work to me. Um, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Do you welcome it? Do you welcome this is, uh, yes, I'm so glad you said that because it's still like one of the greatest things when 
an idea surfaces and you can't look away, right? And it grabs on and it grabs yeah. you yeah. and kind of forces your continued attention. Um, it, you yeah. want to, it, it, it's, um, it becomes the addictive thing on a certain level, right? Where it calls you to it. Yeah. It call yeah, you're thinking about it in the morning, at night, in the shower, you know, in that time right before you wake up where you're sort of like half asleep, you're getting ideas and you you're trying to solve, especially with you know, for me making comedies, you're trying to solve this like puzzle of okay, why isn't when you're editing, why isn't that scene getting a laugh? And it's it's science and art mixed together and it it's an obsession. Um and I think all great art or creativity, there, there's an obsessiveness to, to creators that, that drives us. And, and I think the best stuff comes from that. Yes. And, and you're sort of like um, driven creatively by what you personally find funny, compelling, dramatic. You're, you're, you're not thinking about market fit, right? You're thinking about, no. right? You're not. I'm not either, as you know, uh, no. but some people are and can do that. Yeah. But but for you, what is sure. the kernel? Uh, 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 has to be just something that tickles you that that makes you think, oh, I want to learn about this or I want to dive into it. Like what what is that? It it's it usually comes from like something that feels super relatable that's in our everyday lives that no one has quite shined a magnifying glass on. And that's where it comes. Like I, I wish I was one of these filmmakers that had these massive ideas and, you know, sci-fi or so, or I don't, whatever it is, you know. Um, but I, mine comes from soup, trying to be super relatable, simple ideas. You know, uh, how hard it is to make friends as an adult. You know, that's I love you, man. Um, or what if you kind of have a plan for your life? A lot of us have plans for our lives and stuff gets in the way. That's a long game poly, you know, and, and, um, you know, me time, my newest movie is, is like, especially during the pandemic. I mean, I wrote it before the pandemic, but it's like the idea of time for ourselves and how challenging it is. And for me, my, my in point was having a kid and suddenly everything changes because you're not living for yourself anymore. But I think any, whether you have a kid or no kids, you can relate to like, time to yourself and how challenging that is in the modern world. So the, there's these little kernels that obsess me and drive me. When that kind of idea hits, me time, you know, oh, what would it be like for a, a dad whose, you know, family goes away for the, for the weekend? Uh, and that starts yeah. rolling around in your head. Do you immediately, is one of the ways you know that it makes sense to you that you start envisioning scenes is it dialogue do you start envisioning the character in certain scenes like what's the first stuff that starts bubbling up for you for me it's a world a universe that mm. i don't know like like okay. uh the universe of this kind of person and then i'm like well, what are those people like wait yeah they're fascinating how do they talk i guess how do they talk is probably the first yeah. thing that i go to which i don't think is necessarily the first thing sure. you go to so yeah no. what's the first thing that you go to I I go to character. I I almost always go to protagonist, and almost always the protagonist is some version of myself or the opposite of myself, or like a fantasy of myself. Um, you know, 
it's that. So I think like it's you, you or know, the buddy, it's like or the buddy love right. version of you, basically. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 often the movies I've made have been that dialectic between like who I really am and who I wish I was. But there is part of me that is that other person. Um, you know, it, it's there's a through line with all of these. I've made a lot of two handers, and there's a through line. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say that I repeat the same themes over and over again because that's what compels me. All of us do on um, some level, right? Which is yourself. Yeah. Uh, the the I mean, for in your movies, a lot of the time it's the the way the character perceives himself uh, when he's talking alone to himself yeah. versus the way the character. <laughs> realizes he is when he's interacting with someone whose approval he wants on some level. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's very well said. Um, yeah. So I think of protagonist and then I kind of think of situations that would make them feel really awkward or uncomfortable. And it, it kind of goes from there. You know, I mean, that's often the, the, the place where my comedy lives is a place of awkwardness and insecurity and has since, since safe men, my first movie, which you kindly uh, referenced, um, you know, uh, so it's that it, it, I start to go from there and then, and then ideas spiral, uh, you know, and, and the story starts to coalesce. Um, but it, it starts really with, with a situation and a, and a protagonist. And I start to develop the protagonist. I get a name for the protagonist. Like, I feel like I'm good. I'm not good at a lot of stuff, but I feel like I'm good with yeah. names. Yes. And, and that um, gives you something when so you get the name, the name of the protagonist that when you've locked that in, that gives you something about the person. You understand the person. That, yeah. I, uh, the names of the people, you know, whether it's the protagonist and the antagonist or, you know, that suddenly I know exactly who they are. And because I do think, you know, like even taking my movie Along Came Polly, like the name Ruben Pfeffer, yeah. like it's just it's not Ryan Gosling's not going to play a guy named Ruben Pfeffer, most likely. Um, but Ben Stiller is, um, you know, yes, so. for sure. Like coming up with the the name and then do scenes start to occur to you or does like what the character needs uh, or do those things come together? Like when you're making, like, do you make notes in the beginning? Like what you, you start yeah. now still with your process, you get that idea. And are you immediately starting to just write notes to yourself? Okay. This is the possible movie. This is the guy's name. This is what he wants. Yes. Yes. I'm doing, I'm doing kind of two things at the same time. I'm doing just notes, random notes, scene ideas, you know, what if this happened? What if that happened? What if, it, you know, what if they come into contact with this kind of person? Um, I'm definitely thinking about what they want and what the conflict is. I know we talked about that years ago on our first podcast. Um, and then, uh, so I have like one crazy unformed document that I'm thinking about. Uh, and then I also have more of an outline, beat sheet type of thing that, you know, so I start to plug those things into an outline to, to try to give some structure and that may change tons, but at least it it's the way my brain works. Like I really am jealous of writers um, that can sit down without an outline and just start writing. I I feel like the Coen brothers maybe do that. I think Nicole Holif Center, maybe they don't, but people I love their, who whose work I love, those are a couple of I examples. Think PTA you know? I think PTA does that. I think PTA does do that. that. I think PTA, PTA okay, just well, writes the movies, sense. but I can't fathom. Yes, I agree with you. It's like, and Quentin, I, Quentin, 
Quentin so has told me like he definitely doesn't work with an outline. Like there's no outline with Quentin. And yeah. And he, right. So the, one of the world's greatest loving screenwriters uh, does everything opposite from what every single person uh, tells you to do. And they, res and, and PTA too, and Nicole and yes. Joel and Ethan, you know, and, and it results in the greatest work of our time. Um, so I'm doing it wrong, but it's the way yeah, my well, brain I, I outline too, because otherwise I get, st I've tried, I've done it the other way. I wrote solitary man without an outline and it took yes. me four years. So that's not a way to, okay. that's not really a way to like right. do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well it's, well, it's not a way, it's not a way to make a living, but you made a great movie Thank out you. of it. So maybe, I don't know. I agree it's useful to outline, and uh, especially if that's the way your, your brain works. But one thing I've noticed from talking to you over the, all these years, um, our, our dinners and lunches and outings or whatever. Um, it seems to me that you are willing to kind of go a certain distance with an idea and then abandon it if it doesn't continue to get you going. Like uh, you'll start this process yeah. and 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 I've heard you say, because you've pitched me ideas like, hey, I'm thinking I'm doing this and I'm into it and I've yeah. written this thing and I've, and then yeah. I'll be like three months later or six months later, hey, are, where's that thing? Are you going to, and you'll go, I gave it up. I couldn't, this part of it bothered me or I didn't love it enough or I could. Yeah. So that I don't think I do that as much. I think because I work with a partner, we have to decide at a certain point, mm. hey, let's run down this road. And we may, of course, in, in the process of talking to each other, hey, I have an idea. These are the little things. And then one of us may be like, I don't, this is the problem with that. Okay, let's go on to something else. But if I spent three months on, you know, something or two months on something, I'm probably going to finish the script or I'm probably going to like try to, and I love the fact that you're willing to walk away. Can you talk a little bit about about that, yeah. about your own discipline with that? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do. I get a bunch of ideas, and I do go down roads because that's how you explore and discover. Um, and yeah, it, it often is like a gut feeling where I'm like, I'm just not. I don't have it. Maybe I'll find it in five years. The, the way to do this, tell this story, but. I can feel in my gut that it's not enough for often my form is movies. Um, you know, I've, I've done TV, but like mainly it's movies. So like, I'll just go, it's just not enough or I'm not, I'm, it, what, this shouldn't be this hard. Yes, it's hard to write, but like the ideas aren't coming. There's no flow. And flow is something I think about yes. a lot because I'm into sports and I think about, I watch Steph Curry in a game where he has flow and you're like, you can't miss anything. Then the next game, obviously he's the greatest shooter ever. Next game, he doesn't quite have the flow, but you know, or golfers too have that. But I, but I think about that a lot as regards my own creativity. And if it's not there, I will at a certain point, I'll go, yeah, this isn't working. I gotta, I gotta give it up. And, some, and oftentimes when I give it up an idea, a new idea or a thing I've been playing around with comes quickly and that's the one I write. And I'm like, oh, it, it doesn't need to be this hard. Oh yeah. It's, and it's such a difficult thing, right? Because sometimes you have to push through, like Seth Godin talks about the dip. Sometimes you have to push through the hard, like yes. it's hard to, for me, it's challenging to recognize the difference. I completely relate to what you're saying. You can be inside a project and realize the characters aren't really living. They're not really coming to life. Yeah, It's me forcing the issue a little bit. Uh, but then yes. sometimes it's like, if you can just get through to the next day, 
then they will suddenly you're like, yes. I understand this now. I love it. Um, difficult yes. moment to decide like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bail. Does it always feel freeing to you when you finally say, okay, I know I've put time and energy into this one, but I'm putting the pause button and I'm going to go. Is it freeing for you? Do you feel good about it or bad? I, you know, I know I tend to feel liberated because it's like, okay, that was time. And I do, you know, if you really go into how many hours you put into it and, you know, we're all trying to make a living and you're, this is how we make a living. So you're putting hours into something that's not, not going to pay off at all or result in a piece of art that you wanted to make. Um, but it feels liberating because usually at that point, it's like an albatross around my neck. And so I, it does generally feel liberating. And I also know I've been doing this long enough that I know like if it's meant to be, like I'll find a way. And it may be years later, or maybe the spark of a conversation, maybe you, me, you and David Levine, your partner are sitting, you know, talking and you guys will give me an idea and like, oh, that's how you tell that story. Um, you know. That's how you solve that little moment. Yeah, no, of course. That's great. Yeah. And and at what yeah. point in that process do you because you're somebody who does Talk about your ideas to your friends, I think, as you're because maybe because you don't always write with a partner. Mm -hmm. But I do think you're someone who will yeah. sit down at lunch and go, I've been thinking about this. Does this seem like a movie to you? It seems like it to me. Like you, you'll some people can't talk about it until it's like done. Do you what do you get out of that process? I mean, for me, it's a very entertaining line. I love that. It's great when you do. But, you know, I, over <laughs> yeah. the years, it's the kind of thing where like I stumbled upon this idea or I thought of this or someone asked me. And, and you're very much it seems to me like in talking it out, like you get something out of that pr process. Is that is that right? Yeah, 100 percent. Well, it's I love test screenings. I mean, I, I preview yeah. screenings yeah. of, you know, where you're seeing the, it, the movie with an audience for the first time. Uh, it's torture, but I, I love it. And it's the first preview screening. It's I literally can feel um, if somebody's leaning forward or if they're, you know, and oh, and you can see if they're engaged or I, it's an in, it's something I feel in my gut where I'm telling the story and I'm like, yeah, this isn't oh, working. Yeah, that's, or yes. I tell the story and it's like, you know, oh, they're okay. Yeah, this is it's exciting me. And I can kind of see the glint in whoever I'm telling uh, I can see the glint in their eye that they're like, yeah, this is, I, I see it. Or they're smiling or going, oh, I'm, I relate and that to that. that just does something um, good, so good I for love you, that feedback. that feedback. Where it can hurt people, and I feel like if you're it, listening yeah. to this and you're not a, yet fully um, in flow in your career, um, I do think that there's some risk in doing this because when you get the reaction that's a little muted, if it causes you to have self-doubt, that's the wrong kind of self-doubt because you don't know that, your luncheon, like I would say, John, you don't do it indiscriminately. You do it with people no. who you know share your vision or understand or are listening in the right way, right? I would think. Yes, yes, yes. They, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I. By the way, well, to be honest, I yes. The, when I'm deep, when I'm early on and and talking about stories, it is you know a handful of people. Um, but there are times where. I will kind of talk with somebody. I'm not saying you mean like at a wedding. You mean if you're at a wedding and you're seated at a wedding, you might say to the woman next I, to you, uh, "This guy walks into this apartment and he's got diarrhea, but he really likes the girl." Like you might just tell. <laughs> I'm not going to do that, but I may. They may be like, "Oh, what do you do?" You know, if eventually it comes to what you do, what are you working on? 
I may suss out like I, you know what, I'm going to pitch this person a concept for this project I'm working on and just see because they are totally random. They don't like you guys know me. So, you know, OK, we know John's tone. So even though like I always think my ideas are kind of like I try, let me say, to do the good version of an idea that could very easily be a bad movie, <laughs> um, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, I'm not saying I always do the sometimes I do the bad version, by the way, but I yeah, aim we all try. to do we like try and you're trying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, so if somebody knows my tone, they may go, oh, that idea, I could see how that could be good, you know, in your hands. Um, but yeah, sometimes to a random person, it's a great pure thing because at the end of the day, I'm going to be in a theater in Carson, California with 400 strangers who don't know me, know nothing about my work really. I mean, they may go in being like, oh, the guy did these other movies, but um, they're going to be just wanting to be entertained and watching it. So it's a very pure reaction you get sometimes. And are you able though to not let it dim your spirits if you get something that's a reaction that's muted in a way that you don't think it should have been? Well, well, I'll tell an example. I, you, me, you and Levine went yeah. to lunch uh, in, in the West Village. And I think I kind of pitched you guys just the rough idea of me time very early on. And, but it, I, it wasn't formed yet. And I, I, the way I pitched it, I think I could see you guys thought it was a different story than what I was telling. And then I was like, no, no, it's more this. And I was a little bummed. I was like, oh God, these are, you know, two good friends who I really respect their opinion and they're just not going for it. And I'm pretty excited about this idea. But I, so I was a little down, but then I, I think I re, I was still had enough confidence in the idea that it. I was like, I re, I was like, no, let, yeah, I was like, let me, let me explain. And I remember, maybe you guys were just being nice, but hopefully we're good enough friends. No, you wouldn't I've... just do that. You, then you guys were like, oh, that is a movie. That feels like a movie. The way we thought you were going wasn't. So I remember that as if it were yesterday and it was probably four years ago. That was ago. a long time um, ago. I think I don't remember. What I remember is you sending me the first draft <laughs> of it and me like responding very favorably to. Yes, we did. I We did talk about that. But right, you, um, but we, but first there was a lunch. I don't remember that. you pitching yeah. the idea at lunch. I mean, I remember you telling me the story of how you thought of the idea and all that stuff. But the uh, uh, yeah. what I really remember was getting the script and then feeling like, uh, oh, there's a hilarious movie in this, and how many good ideas you, you okay. had and how entertaining. Um, I love that a lunch at which I spiraled into a state of existential depression just meant nothing to you. But I'm more okay. just remembering um, like we're, David we're, Chang sending us that good food. I'm that's just, what I'm remembering from it mostly. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm not I'm really remembering. Um, uh, oh no, maybe that was when it was just me and you. Maybe that the David Chang lunch was just the. No, this was with yeah. This was in the West Village at a Japanese restaurant, but because um, Levine was yes. there too. Um, yeah. But that didn't bum you. It bummed you out, but not enough that it shook you off of it, and you were able to somehow, in your, I guess, go like, okay, well, when I tell it, I have to make sure to stress these aspects because I told these guys the wrong way first. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, um, I had a therapist. He passed away at an old, old age. Like it wasn't like a no, it was a while ago. But um, he he's motto was uh, be a detective not a judge awesome and 
which I loved. And in fact, Christina, my wife, gave that to me on a on like a money clip. Uh, that that slogan. I don't use a money clip, but I have the. I have, have you the put clip. that in? Um, a, have you had a character but, say that repeatedly in a movie? No, I have had other. I think there's something else. He or somebody said that I put into "I Love You, Man." Uh, maybe it was. Gosh, trying is having the intention to fail. I think that came from from Rothstein, my my former therapist. But um, which Jason Siegel says. But in, the detective in line, you, you got to have um, someone say the detective line in your next thing. It's so good. Yeah, tells yeah. It's a great, and it, it it's great. It tells a story, and it's also a certain kind of person that needs wisdom to say that. <laughs> you know. But so I think like when, if I'm pitching something and it's early stages and it's not clicking, I'm, I'm more like, all right, why isn't this working? You know, as opposed to like, ah, this idea. Oh, that's shit. great. Flipping that it into sense. why didn't it land? Why didn't it land? Yeah. What, yeah. what in the story am I not highlighting or am I, am I loading yep. onto it that shouldn't be there? Oh, yes. And in fact, you guys thought that I was telling a story about a guy who get is alone for the weekend and cheats on his wife. I, yeah. as I recall, and that it goes in that direction. And it was like, no, no, that's not, that's not the kind of stories I tell. And that's not what it's about. Um, you know, and I, then I think oh, I, now I'm remembering it was because we had heard next right, with an old because friend that had become that idea. I, now that you said that, I totally remember what our reaction was to, and it was to that. That's exactly right. And then that's part of why, I, I pitched I was so it as, happy yeah. when I got the script and the script was doing something totally different. Yeah. So the thing we were talking about b before, about the kind of difference between now and, and when we're starting out, I, I, do you, there's such a purity in the beginning in a way with the struggle to get to the other side of the, am I a professional filmmaker? You know, is this how I earn my living? Um, am I a working artist for my life? Like, can I actually be this thing that I've dreamed of? I'll do anything to make that happen. Then you get to the other side of it if you're incredibly lucky and that's just what you are um, yeah. for your life. I wonder, do you ever miss the the struggle of the kind of clarity of the trying to get the aspirant, trying to get there, trying to arrive? Yes. <laughs> I, I think about that a lot, actually. Um, I do miss that because there's something about sitting in your apartment, no, no, nobody's told you you can have a career like you're saying and you just are, have some kind of self-belief mi mixed in with insecurity of can i do this and writing for the sake of i have a story to tell i think i have a voice and no one's paying me it's so pure and i often think back on my younger self i'm like what the hell was i thinking like how did i even write something because there's so many obstacles like, how did I have the audacity to think that I could have a career in this business um, and, and as a writer director and, and that I, you know, people would want to see what I had to, to talk about in, in movies? Um, yeah. And do you think there was like, like the fact that we were pre, there was obviously internet, but we were pre the kind of like fully codified online, sort of spelled out version of like, 
how to have a career as a screenwriter or filmmaker. And yeah. uh, so we were willing to just kind of swing for the fences without an awareness, like an awareness in some way of how the business worked. But it wasn't like there was yeah. a, uh, we got to do this, this and this, and we got to write a thing a certain way for it to to happen. And for me, there was like that freedom and focus that was, uh, it was an incredible gift, like the odds of us going in a basement and, you know, every day to just do this thing. Um, the clarity, so of purpose. Yeah. So you do think about it sometimes. Yeah. Like, and I think about it a lot. Yeah. And I, and I think, yeah, cause I, I do think like, I wasn't thinking really about the marketplace or when I, I have done that, by the way, early on in my career and, and still from time to time. And it's always been, no, it it's can't. never worked. Right. So I have, it can't. I mean, I tried to write, I maybe told you, die hard in a basketball game. And the 12th man was the Bruce Willis. And I wrote a script and it sucked because um, I was trying to sell it. And it turned out to be a hybrid of my weird comedy and die hard. It just didn't work. In the I mean, least. you could probably um, write that in a way that it would work now. But yes, I know what you mean. Uh, you can't calculate it from the outside yeah. in. It's not the way you work. Some people no. maybe can. It's just not how no. you work. Yeah, there's we people we both know that are great at that. Um, it's not really me. But yeah, I, I look back on stuff in the Safe Men script and I'm like, oh, that I, there were long monologues. And I know Quentin did that, but I think I was writing bef you know, before Pulp Fiction or maybe around the time that came out. But uh, and he was an influence for sure. But I was like, oh, this is just what's on my mind that Paul Giamatti's character is going to do a three page monologue because um, that's what was I was excited about. And I didn't really think through all the things that people were going to, you know, be negative about. And and that script went out. I remember my agents were like, oh, it's going to sell. You're going to be a millionaire overnight. You know, and that script went out and everybody passed on it. Um, but they did like the writing. So I got meetings from it and it, you know, one thing led to another. Yeah, no, of but, course. And I, as you know, people passed on our first um, thing too. But yeah, I was watching some TikTok of there's this, there's this screenwriter, TV writer does these TikToks and he, uh -huh. he was saying like, he literally said in this TikTok, if you think the thing is you go in the basement in some basement or some room with your best friend and write a script and it sells. I mean, that is not how the business works. And don't tell yourself. And I, I was like, God, no, that's yeah. exactly how the, how it works. Like, no, like, yes, the, if, if, if you're viewing this as a, uh, a, um, an, a, a business that requires a certain kind of apprenticeship and that you have to go up the court, the ranks of writer then, but, but like, uh, going into a room and, 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 and just writing from your heart, the story you have to see is still the purest way to go about this. I think, right. Don't you? I think so too. Yeah, I do. I think, I think so. You have a voice. You, there are many more outlets now than when we were coming up, many more outlets to have that voice heard and, and people willing to listen to voices from so many different places. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I do think that it, there is a purity still to it. So I disagree with uh, the TikTok yes, screenwriter. Um, uh, I, I, I that. said that on his page and then he blocked me. Um, which like the first time I've ever been blocked. <laughs> yeah, I don't like do social that. media. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> you you're really smart. And I, I think you're right about a lot of stuff, but don't speak in absolutes. And then he's just like blocked. Uh, Jeez, you know, why do you, people are very, God, was such an opportunity to have a dialogue very with sensitive, you. That, very that's sensitive. A um, okay. So you do miss like the idea of, uh, uh, 
something about it. Uh, do you find that when you write originals, though, that some part of that you're reclaiming? Because I do think when a new um, when a new idea gets hold of me, the initial part of that process is the one thing that really feels like it has that kind of clarity and that kind of pull. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I do think that with with originals um, and it, it because it could go anywhere and it's just you and it's like didn't exist the day before. It wasn't source material. It wasn't anything. And that does feel exciting to me. Like I, I've been playing around with this new idea. I don't know if it's a movie or a TV show yet, but I, I was on a hike um, and walking up a pretty steep mountain and I was like, well, I, let me, I'm just going to start to think about this idea. And almost by the time I got to the top, I That's had the awesome. first act. Now it's going to change a hundred times. I don't know if it's anything, but ideas came that didn't exist when I was on the bottom of the mountain. And um, I was like, and one real light bulb idea is, oh, that's maybe how you tell that story. And that still, that brings me back to when I was 24 in my apartment in New York, you know, just thinking of ideas. Yeah, that's the, the magic. That's the, the thing that calls us to this over and over again. It's the best. And also, I like yeah. the humble brag that you were like Alex Honolding up a mountain. That's great. You're hiking. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, you right. just threw in yeah. there. By the way, it I was, was one fingering my way up, uh, you know, up, up yeah, El Capitan. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Free solo style. Let, let me be blunt. It was a hike and my child was on it with me. And it was not, it just was long. I was, That's fine. yeah. Uh, yeah. If you've seen Free Solo, get, get That's kind of what a I'm, I'm picturing Free Solo with one, you with one finger <laughs> and a, a little yep. crook oh, yeah. in, in, in El Cap. Uh, yeah. Good that's Lord. just what it uh, kind of, what it kind of f feels like. What do you get out of directing? What is the exciting part for you now? So you, you know, you write Me Time. It's got these great characters, this really hilarious story. And, you know, you have a choice. Like you've had huge success as a director and huge success when you've let somebody that you trust direct your material. And how do you make that decision of, well, okay, this, I need to direct this. I want to direct this. It's grueling and tiring and all the rest of it, but it's like, I want to do yeah. it. Like, is it just finishing the, pro like, is that just the finishing it out for you? Or do you make new creative discoveries when you're like, what's the part of directing that, that draw? It could be everything too, but what is it? Yeah. It's a, it's a few things. I mean, it's, it's the, it's seeing something through from beginning to end, you know, especially with an original um, or or a script I rewrite that basically becomes an original, you know, or co-write um, with someone else, which I've done. Uh, so it's it's seeing it through. It's the crew. It's like seeing what these amazing uh, artists bring to elevate an idea I had in my mind. Um, you know that there's like walking onto a set as happened in me time. There's a set where Mark Wahlberg's character throws kind of his own burning man. Um, and the, the set, when I stepped onto the finished version in, in the desert, in, in the San Fernando Valley, I, I was, I had tears in my eyes because oh, I was blown away. Feeling. By what oh, that's the art awesome. Department did. Yeah. 
So you're like, okay, I wrote this thing. These artists took it and went far and above what I had envisioned. So that is super exciting. Um, and then the, you know, such a big part of it is the actors and what they bring. And really my favorite parts are like, I have an idea for a scene, but because it's comedy and we use improv, you know, it's like, you go, oh, I didn't see the scene going that direction. Now, I don't go as far as some other, like Judd or, you know, Apatow or some others who like really, I think, use improv to completely change the story and the scene. And they're they're gifted at that. I, but I use improv to, I would say, enhance the scene. Um, and so that's super exciting when an actor, either one of the stars like Kevin Hart or Mark Wahlberg or Regina Hall or so a supporting actor, you know, brings something that's like, oh my God, they they're explosively funny and creative and doing it in character. Being there as a witness to that or helping to guide that is really energizing to me. Um, and then you get to the editing and then it's like solving this puzzle or this mystery. And, you know, like there's, there's stuff that feels it's grueling and hard and you feel like, ah, oh, this, it doesn't work and I can't get this scene to work. But then when something clicks or, the editor pitches something or, or I have an idea or my producing partner, Lauren pitches something like, you know, you or anybody really any, you know, where it's, a, it's, it's open to ideas. Somebody goes, well, what if you did that? And you, and you work on that and suddenly you throw it in front of an audience and it works like that's thrilling. Uh, so there's so I guess the answer is there's so many different aspects that I still love about directing as opposed to Two just questions writing. regarding the, the directing. One is, you know, when you say the thing about improv, I realized recently, I'm not in production now, we start in the fall, but I've been, yeah. th somehow I was thinking about Im Im improvisation and where it comes in and where it, it doesn't. And I was trying to think about like what my, often my hesitation is. And I think it has to do with meter. Like I'm so focused on meter, the meter of the words. Yeah. And because to me, meter is tone. And like, that's one of the ways that the tone is held together. And then when, so how do you, your stuff, the meter is so fucking important. Like, you know, even in your emails, the meter is so important. You know, your, your, the choice of words, the meter, the rhythm is crucial, right? How do you protect that when you are welcoming improvisation? Because by definition, like the actor's they're probably not living in the same rhythmic meter that you're grinding on yeah. making something cannot or like, as you know, a character saying cannot or can't affects the meter of the <laughs> whole scene. Yes. So how, yeah. How do you, how does that work? Yeah. How do you refine the improvisation? It, it depends. Um, it, it, it kind of depends often on the actor, but it, because some people I've just been in 100% sync with and they can improv exactly the way I hear it in my head. You know, Ben Stiller comes sure, to mind. Well, he's got a keen um, awareness of meter for sure. Yes. Right. Rhythm. And he, yes, he gets it. And he, you know, he and I made a, a good amount of movies together um, and hopefully we'll do so in the future. Uh, maybe because um, he's so gifted as a comic, as an actor, uh, but he's obviously doing other amazing stuff now, but like, you know, he kind of, I felt like we were in sync, you know, where he would get it. Um, Paul Rudd is another one that just like, it felt like he's such a good improviser, but in character and with the rhythm of the, the of the character, the way I thought I wrote it. Um, Jason Siegel's the same way. Uh, so many. Um, but 
So, and, and Kevin Hart, interestingly, like he's so different from me. Um, but I think he, I think he kind of felt like in me time, he was playing a version of me and awesome. as this yeah. sort of stay at home parent. And he, you know, he got the rhythm of, I think the rhythm is different from some other characters he's played and, and kind of different from who Kevin is, but he got these rhythms. So well, he's a brilliant comedic know, writer. So that makes sense to you, right? Comedians have to know yeah. the, how to land the meter of a joke. So that makes sense. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, and if you have an actor that's maybe gifted and brilliant, but not quite as in tune, then it's just sort of my job to help guide that. And sometimes it doesn't work. And and oftentimes it'll be like, even with the stars, it's like, hey, that's great. Let's go back to the script. And here's, you know, here's the thought. Here's the kind of the, this is the way it's written. And this is the line I want you to hit. And it's like, okay, you know, you can't be shy about that, obviously. Cause no, no, do you mean to um, return say like, okay, go but, out, but yeah. go ahead and swim out on the improv, but you can't be shy as a director to say, you know what, swing back over here. Uh, yes, go back to the script. Come back to the yes. script. Yes, you, you come back to it. Yeah. Um, and that, like, Mark Wahlberg comes in knowing the script every line perfectly, and he knows lines from drafts I've cut. It, you know, he truly prepares. Um, Kevin Hart wants it to be fresh and, and you know, uh, doesn't over-prepare um, because that's, you know, so his mind can go. But sometimes it's like, okay, Kev, that's great. Let, here's, here's a specific thing I want you to hit. And he's great about that. You know, he tr- you know it's not like he doesn't pull a star thing. And like, I'm not doing that. It's like, Yeah, of oh, course, great. that I makes total it, sense. You know. The other directing question is, is do you um, now in, in your life, are you still watching movies with intention? Are you still watching movies thinking about your own movies, watching movies, thinking about scenes, studying cinematographers or directors or, you know, what, how, how is that part of your routine still, or is it less part of your routine? Talk about that. It's a big part of my routine. The, but a lot of it comes from TV. A lot of it is what I watch on in TV, and it's it's kind of an, another existential qu- crisis question I have of like, what place do movies have in our culture, you know, um, versus TV? And so there are some movies recently that that you know inspired me, and I, I look at how they were filmed, you know, um, I, I think of the tone and the way music is used, but. You know, like I love that movie, Worst Person in the World, you know, that, that came out from um, Finland, I think. Yeah, um, I haven't watched yet. Like so many of our friends love that movie. Somewhere. I just haven't seen it yet, but I will. I'll watch it this weekend. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, I, I thought so. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I there are movies and I watch them and look at how they do all the the acting, the cinematography. But like a lot of it is is stuff I watch in TV. Um, and and really impresses me because the level of craftsmanship now is so incredible. You know, we were watching The Bear the best, yeah. um, on Hulu. And I, I, I watched, I binged it while I was in New York without my wife. And then I came back, she's like, you watched it without me. And I, we're watching it again. And I'm watching the cinematography. I'm, I'm IMDBing the cinematographer and be like, who is this person? This is incredible. I love the way it looks and the way, the, you know, they use music and um, all in the editing, uh, all this stuff, I, I, you know, am in really jealous of, 
at times. And I go, God, I could never do anything approaching that. Um, and then I try to remind myself. Chris Doerr just did an incredible job. He's, I'm talking to him on Friday. I know him a little bit and the creator of that show and, you know, director of. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. Awesome. And, yeah. and, um, I guarantee you he knows uh, Safe Men really well because he knows all those movies. I'll ask him because he studied all those <laughs> movies of that period. Like, um, and, you know, there's so many references to so many little mo movies within it. Yes. Um, I texted him at one point and I was like, dude, there's that little Odessa reference is incredible. It was one shot kind of. And uh -huh. he, he wrote back okay. that I was the only one who caught it, but it was completely intentional because... Of this, so it's oh, all sorts funny. of stuff yeah. like that um, in there. Yeah, I, yeah. What's funny me, is, what's funny. yeah. No, I was gonna say, I'm watching it with Christina last night and there's a character and she's like, we always talk about certain characters as a safe man, as a safe man, like a certain kind of like person who has bravado, but is really insecure. And she was saying, um, you know, uh, Richie, sure. Richie on the show, she's like, she's like, I feel like he's such a safe man. That that doesn't mean the guy, it's just a type of personality. Yes, no, that of course. Is, that, but, um, I, yeah. Anyway. Or like Eric Roberts, Eric Roberts so. and Pope is probably like the er version of that, you know, or, or, <laughs> oh my uh, God. Yeah. you know, Johnny yeah. boy in, 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 in main streets. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Like I've been watching Amy and I, we loved that show, but now we're watching the second season of the young Pope, which is the new Pope. And for me, that's oh the, yeah. Have you seen that? It's just the Paolo no, Sorrentino no. is just the best. Like there's nobody better than him as a director. Yes. And yeah, yeah, you, you'll great, freak out. It's just freaking incredible. Um, and yep. inspiring. So you do still though yep. consciously do this and think about it, and you'll watch something twice, or you'll look at a sequence and it, and sort of try to understand it, All take it time. apart. You're still studying. You're still studying. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I want to watch it purely, but I, it's, and I do, I, I can get wrapped up in it, but I am studying it at the same time. It's like a, it's, it's a left brain, right brain thing, or I don't know if that's the correct term, but yeah, I, I, I do do both. Do you still yeah. watch old movies? Uh, yes. Sometimes, you know, often I try to get my kid or we try to get our kid to watch old movies. Um, and that can mean like old, old movies or movies like from when yes. we were kids, you know, from the eighties and, um, so I do not as much as I, you know, you mentioned James Gray, you know, uh, I, I wish I watched it like him where he watches, you know, a movie every night. Um, but no, that's not me, but I, I, I do, but not with the frequency of like Scorsese. Oh, James is our, James is our better. That's okay. He can be our better. He's our better. That's, he, he's yeah, our better. That's, fine. that's that. Yeah. Uh, can't be no. good at everything. Uh, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Right. Um, have you shown Stella Casablanca yet? No, I pitched it to her and I haven't shown it to her yet, but that's, that's it's time. Okay, 10 that'll, 11 is it's good. a perfect moment. Next. Like Anna and I've watched it like five. She's 22 okay. now. Anna, and she wrote me the other day. She's with uh, yeah. her far away from somewhere. And she was like, she just wrote me like, I just watched Casablanca again. It's the greatest. Like it's been in her life for just so oh, many, awesome. so many yeah. years. Um, yeah. I think it's probably time. Now so, time. okay, I had this question. You sort of said it. Do you still get competitive? Like when we're younger at this, you can get competitive. Do you still get competitive? Sure. I, I, yeah. of course. Yes. Yes. I get, it's competitive. It's, it's, I think I said it's jealous. Like I, you know, it's like, God, that was so good. Um, you know, I watched Barry season three, you know, um, 
and season two. And I was like, God damn it, guys, you just nailed it. It's funny. The action's great. It's quirky. Um, and I, you know, so I do, as I get older, I try to turn it from competitive to inspired. By, that's a very mature. Um, yeah, that's, that that's great. That's super mature. I'm, oh, yeah. I try. And I just told you earlier that trying is having the intention to yeah. fail. That's so. very, uh, <laughs> that's very mature, Fenwick. <laughs> Fuck mature. Yeah. That's a ten. <laughs> but also, you know, a lot of a lot of people I came up with, they shifted away from comedy. And so I, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people go more to drama or, you know, limited series or things like that. Um, and I think about that too, because I still love making comedies, um, but there's certainly different tones that I aspire to within I think everything I do will have a comedy bent to it, but I do aspire to other kinds of variations on it and uh and you know hopefully we'll do that in the next well i think that's what makes you among the best in the world at this is that your comedies the best of your movies and the thing that it's so clear you're always trying to do is within a highly comedic framework i do think that there's a real um appreciation of the fact that we're here for a very short time and you got to find something to love and care about and to really like live in the present for. And I think that's in like everything that you do is this um, mm. people really trying to grab onto the moment and really trying to live and finding a moment of making a choice to embrace the life that they're, they're in in some way. And it's often people who are hesitant to do that or who wish they can and can't. And often they find a way to really do it. And so for me, that connects your work to, to a, a really, you know, it connects you to Billy Wilder in some ways. And I think it's, it's uh, I don't know, to me, it's very mm. clear that, that, that why you're in these themes over and over again is this, this notion of trying to get out of your head and into and out of your insecurities and, and live for just a moment. Let yourself go. Let yourself dance. Let yourself smack somebody on the ass in a moment of joy like you know like yeah, um yeah it does feel like that, and that's why they're not just comedy they're they're uh they're in this land kind of they're they're comedies they're funny but they're they're after something right don't you think um well thanks i mean i appreciate it you know how much i respect you uh and your work and and love so many things you've done. Uh, so I really appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I aim to, yes. Do I want people to sit in a theater or now at home, you know, my new movies for Netflix and, and laugh and just be like, that was a good time. The world sucks. I got to laugh and see someone else going through struggles for an hour and a half. Yes, for sure. Um, having said that, I do have other things on my mind that I'm aiming to communicate through the form of comedy and uh, I try to sneak these ideas in um, and it, they're not grand, big, grandiose ideas. It is like, yeah, you described, I, you know, kind of the concept of me time when a guy is actually doing fine, but he's so insecure that he can't, he doesn't understand that. And hopefully by the end, he's like, Jesus Christ, um, yeah, let me let go of these preconceived notions of masculinity and, and what a what a you know real man is and this and that and kind of let go of that and just enjoy his life um you know and that's that yeah, is a common it theme seems that so. like you're not to be uh 
try to be uh, a uh, knockoff Elvis Mitchell and tell you your themes, but it does seem to me <laughs> that thematically your characters are often starred in kind of a siloed way and and only have to open up to connect and realize that they're not alone. And it seems like it's over and over something that you really yeah. care about. And in this idea that if we can get past our our feelings of isolation, that there are other people out there who want to have this connection, right? Yeah, yeah, that that's really well said. Yeah, I think I try. I'm trying to tap into this kind of shared humanity, and and um, yeah, we're 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 better together than apart, and better when we let go of what we think we should be doing, and just you know lean into like what who we are, what we're meant to do, what's in front of us, what's in the present moment. Um, that's just been a theme. You know, I'm older now, so I have better understanding of it before it was totally in my yes. subconscious. So I just wrote it, you know, but now I, I understand it a little more and I'm sometimes I get annoyed with myself. I'm like developing a story. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm doing that goddamn theme again. <laughs> Jesus. But I guess it's what, I don't know. It's what, fascinates me. I, you know, I, I have a wind at, at a vision of things that, that interest me. I'm not good at everything. I watch your guys work and I'm like, I could, I don't understand that. I couldn't write stuff like that. That's what you guys are, are gifted at. Um, we each have our lanes and we want to express different things within those lanes. No, but we, totally. You know, we I was saying this today, like what that. you said is beautiful about your work. And it's true. I was saying this today in a writer's room, like you do get to a certain point maybe where you just understand the kinds of stories that you know how to tell. Yes, uh, and yes. There are certain kinds of stories <laughs> that you just understand how to tell and theme and they, they speak to you and you're in, in some way gonna, and our favorite artists, you know, did do that. I mean, not all of them over, but a lot of the time it's like that they return to a certain kind of um, ground for some reason, John, I'm going to let you go and promote your movie. Um, me time it comes out on Netflix when? Uh, August twenty sixth. The trailers online now. It's hilarious. The movie's hilarious, and also about something as we just talked about. Hamburg's the real deal, and uh, one of my favorite people to spend time with and and talk to. John, thanks for doing this, and uh, I'm so happy for you that this movie is coming out. I know how long uh, you wanted to tell this for and, and how hard you worked on it. So congratulations. Thanks, man. It was always, always a pleasure to talk to you in this format. You're so good at, at doing this. Uh, and uh, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, brother. All right, everybody. You can find me um, uh, at Brian Koppelman on those various social media things. And uh, we will see you next time.